How's it? I'm well, Kino. I'll try to live up to that introduction. <laughs> Here comes the man. He is the man. Did I say the man? Jan Vermeulen. Okay, there we go. Jan, great to have you on. Um, so the, the last time we, we spoke, you were talking about Salsi and you were talking about how competitive that they've, we've been. I mean, we've, we've been having discussions around Salsi on this platform for some time when we had Zaf Mohammed on. Um, trying to explain what it, what seemed like madness then, and that kind of made a little bit more sense when we had that conversation with him, uh, the route that they're taking, right? So for those who, who didn't hear this, yeah, they've realized that they not just a telco, um, like most companies, they've decided that, and they know that data is a big, 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 big portion of that income, so how do you build value around that? Um, they also didn't want to play catch-up with Vodacom and MTN, and they then decided to let their subscriber base um, operate on those particular networks, which meant better coverage. I'm right, hey? Have I summarized that correctly, Jan? Yeah, yeah, that's basically it, Kino. They they, uh, they basically found out, or, or they, they ran numbers, and they saw that it's, it's impossible to catch up to Vodacom and MTN right now. Like, you would need billions upon billions upon billions of rand. Um, over many years. Okay, just do me a favor. Move to the side. You, you, you're making as much sense as Dali and Porfu at the moment. So <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, um, so sorry about that. So they they knew that, uh, or they they ran the numbers and they saw that they would need billions and billions of rand to uh, to to you know hold candles or to to build a network that can in any way compete with Vodacom and MTNs. You know, sell yeah. uh, it's you know, a number of sites on its network uh, at its height, I think it was five and a half thousand towers or thereabouts. Mm. And if you look at MTN and Vodacom, you know, you're, you're looking at well over 10,000 towers, 13,000 towers. Yeah. And so to, to catch up with that level of investment means just billions of rand of sustained investment over mm. several years. It's, it's, and so Salsi looked at that and they said it's impossible. We cannot compete mm. on that basis. So, you know, I had to make a couple of tough decisions. It's like, well, you know, what is the decision? What are the decisions in front of us? We mm. can throw in the towel, you know, all it quits and say it's impossible, or we can try something else. And so what Celsius is trying, and, and we'll see how successful it will be, is to uh, pretty much get rid of its tower infrastructure and uh, run instead on Vodacom and MTN. Mm. And in that way, it says it wants to provide its subscribers with the sale that these large operators can give, which mm. it will not be able to. Well, I mean, for, for, for me, you know, if, if you... If, is, is And, I mean, we should maybe ask Simon McKeese, who's joining us right now, listening to us having this particular... Simon McKeese is the uh, chief commercial officer at Salsi. And, by the way, one of the only telcos that, that readily have people available to talk about some of the stuff that we talk about. Yeah, and I'm just going to ask uh, Joe to put both of you on the same line so that um, we can we can basically hear each other. But Simon McKeese, chief commercial officer at Salsi, good to have you on the show. Uh, good morning, Kino, and um, good morning, Jan, and thank you for giving us the opportunity to have a chat with you this morning. No, no, and, it's a uh, pleasure, absolute pleasure. I think, I, th- I think, uh, uh, Simon, what's been rather interesting, of course, is is the direction in which you guys are moving towards, because I think a lot of people are realizing that telcos aren't telcos anymore, and uh, data is generally king, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. I think um, there's a lot that uh, that 
especially the changes that came with uh, COVID and lockdown kind of accelerated the uh, the data transformation. And we've seen a lot of people changing how they, they work, how they uh, entertain, and as well as how even education is consumed. And that has accelerated the need and, uh, and usage for data. And I mean, but but on, in, in order to make sure that that more people use the data more regularly, it's surely then about building value-added services above that for different customer segments. So whether they're small businesses, whether they, you know, I don't know, people in part of the gig economy, etc. Um, it, it surely is about building value over and above that. What are you guys doing from that perspective? Yeah, that's a, that's a very uh, important point, uh, Kino. But if you would allow me, I just sure. want to speaking of data. Um, mm. There's just one point that really would like to, uh, you know, to touch on. I think we, it would be um, a missed opportunity for us to mm. acknowledge the uh, the difficult situation that uh, the Kryptonians are finding themselves in with the uh, raging fires, yeah. especially the impact that has had at uh, at UCT with the students that been. Um, have to be relocated outside of uh, of their campuses, and uh, mm. as see we've uh, recognised the need to uh, to chip in and uh, and and support, and we would be providing uh, you know data for you know for up to about three thousand students in order for them to have access to Wi-Fi while they um, you know they're off campus where they normally would have used um, Wi-Fi um, you know within campus. So okay. they will be getting ten gigs of data as well as about uh, two hundred and forty minutes. Of calling time, and this we will provide so as long as they still remain off campus until they're able to, you know, to return to campus, just to aid for their, um, you know, support and learning. So, so this is only for your subscribers who happen to be on there, or any students. So it will start with our subscribers, obviously. Mm. But uh, if uh, if any of the students. Um, you know, uh, you know, need this, uh, you know, this data support. They're welcome to, uh, you know, to pick up a uh, SLC uh, SIM card, and then we will mm. be able to provision them with them with a similar, okay. you know, service as, as long okay. as they're part of that cohort mm. of students. And we were talking to the deputy DG for economic opportunities in the Western Cape, uh, Rashid, about how corporates have come to the party. And I don't know about you, but uh, it's certainly been seen. It's been good to see how corporates have have come to the fore to assist. Um, yes, yes, indeed, especially with the, the strain that the South African economy is under. It's going to fall for a while yet, unfortunately, on private business to pick up the slack um, of, of our government. Um, it's an unfortunate situation. It should not be this way. The, the tax money that everybody pays should really be enough. But it is encouraging to see you know, people mm. pull together, um, you know, look beyond the circumstances and go, you know what? Yes, things are not ideal, but we have to step up. Um, I've got a question on that is how do students access this deal? So we're working directly with the with the university, and we would uh, we you know as we primarily when you when you know the, this relationship of providing university with data started during the lockdown. So what the university yes. does, they give us a MSISDN of phone numbers of the students, and uh, and and once we've validated that those are on our network, we then provision those uh, you know those customers with the data over over you know over the air. Uh, if they are new students, they will then acquire a Celsius SIM card, make that available, uh, that number available to the institution, and yeah. the institution will update the list accordingly and will then provision the data. And that will be a process that we run every month, um, you know, until this, uh, you know, things normalizes and they are back on, okay. on campus. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. You know, the, the existing system is in place. So you can automatically do this for all the students that are already on your books. 
Yes, that's correct. I think it's awesome. Now, we, we've got a call, by the way. This is, we are talking tech with Jan Vermeulen. Um, Jan did mention Salsi last week, and I said, listen, well, maybe let's find out more about it. There is this one thing we spoke about the last time called the, I think it's called the all-in-one. And it's yes. sort of, it's sort of put as a, a um, the reason I liked it was because they say, okay, you don't have to have a contract, really. And it sort of rivals the contract. And, and I'm one of those people, if I, <laughs> if I didn't have to take a bloody contract, I'd be the happiest person on the face of the planet. But one has to really interrogate that to see if it's worth it. But before we do that, let's just go to Bill. Bill in front of Hi, Bill. Hi. Yeah, um, I use Selfie. And the reason I do use it is because, just what you say, I have two very good deals with Selfie. One is all, both prepaid. One is for my cell phone. And I think they're around about the the cheapest I could find on the market, mm. and it's billed by the second. And the other one is for my internet, and it's not a use-it-for-lose-it deal, oh. which I think is just simple robbery. With Selfie, they've got a deal on now. You can buy for six months 500 gigabyte for 500 rand, 10 rand a gigabyte. I can't find anybody giving out uh, that kind okay. of deal. And... But the fact that it's six months, there used to be a 12-month, uh, that was 1,500 rand, which is, again, a very good price. And it's not a use it or lose it. A 30-day use it or lose it, to me, is a very covert way of stealing money from everybody. Okay. Well, Bill, thank you very much for that. One of our listeners in Franchuk. And that just... Yeah. You know, if maybe I can, at yeah. that point, this what Bill will be very happy to know that what we've done with that particular product, uh, it is, it, it, he referred to it as a 50 gigs. It's actually now 100 gigs. So for the same price of 500 rand, it used to be, um, you know, um, 50 gigs during day. Now what we've added is another 50 gigs of night data at mm. the same price, still valid for six months. Uh, because again, what we do, we monitor the usage of our customers, and uh, and then try and see how we can add value. Okay. Um, you know, so that's uh, that's uh, that's a product that's done very well for us uh, uh, over the last few months. Yeah, so we are we are talking tech with Jan Vermeulen, editor at large at my broadband. We spoke about Salsi. We said, okay, let's interrogate what they're doing. Simon McKeese is the chief commercial officer at Salsi, who joins us at the moment, um, and and. This all-in-one stuff. You know why people sometimes get skeptical, ASMR? You know, you know those big corporates. They go to these big fancy advertising agencies, and it's BS baffles brains half the time. It's like when they tell you this is the burger you're going to get, and you don't really get that burger. So, <laughs> well, but what, what interested me though is, I mean, I looked at it. It looks like a it looks like wonderful deals. But tell us more about these these all-in-one tariffs and whether they're actually meant to be as a potential replacement of people who are currently sitting with contracts for two years? So, you know, the, the, the product uh, is a, is, is in, in, in its con- current construct is not a new product. So mm. we've, uh, we launched this product uh, last year, yeah. and, but we had smaller variations of it. So they started from... Um, uh, a, a, a 30 megabytes um, where you, you know, for five rand you get uh, three, uh, you know, 30 megabytes and you get 30 minutes on net and five minutes of net. So that's kind of a, uh, from a customer who's used maybe to calling and now wants to try data, but yeah. he doesn't know how much data to, you know, to purchase and so forth. So, you know, let's give them data to try. And uh, and you get, uh, which was uh, one of our hero products, is the one gig of, which is for 95 rand where a customer gets um, a gig of data 
and they also get um, you know uh, 45 minutes anytime calling and, uh, and 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 they get 900 minutes on net uh-huh. what that does it start to talk to somebody who's saying I have a particular set budget. I, uh, I think a gig of data will last me a month, and uh, I also need to have some form of calling, uh, you know, to you know to, to, to you know to make calls and, uh, and 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 just to maybe I'm not too sure how much I'm going to be needing, you know, to be topping up throughout the course of the month. And we're saying, here's the product. If you get if you if you budget um, 100 rand a month, you should be able to have some form of calling, and you should be able to uh, you know to have data that's going to allow you to you know to to, 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 to cover your data needs. Mm. And what we've then uh, done as of um, uh, the beginning of, of Feb this year, we've, uh, we've introduced bigger, bigger size bundles, which okay. talks to the market that you're referring to, which is a postpaid market. So uh, these bigger bundles was a, a five gig bundle where you, you, know, for, you get five gigs of data and you get um, 90 minutes on, uh, to call across all networks and you get to, you know, unlimited calling for, uh, you know, within the South Sea network. So when you actually look at the pricing of that, it's very competitive against what people are used to as subscription on their contract because that's at, a, at, at okay. a 350 rand a month. So when you think about the 350 rand a month is what people are used to, you know, to, you know, to, you know, to spending on, um, you know, on, 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 on the monthly subscription on postpaid and they will get some, depending on the packages, they may even get lesser value than what is being offered in these packages. So now you, you're in a situation where you're saying to somebody, you don't need to commit to a contract, but you're getting a combination of data and minutes that should be able to carry you for usage, uh, you know, for, for whether it's for business use or for whether it's for, it's for, it's for home use uh, or for just general you know, personal use. And, and you, you, know, you try the product one month, and the following month you may, you may up. If you think your needs are higher, you can go to a 10-gig bundle, or if your needs even get even higher, you get to, about, to a 20-gig bundle where you actually get um, you know, 20 gigs of data during day and 20 gigs at night and uh, okay. unlimited calling within our own network. So that is how this, you know, this all-in-one uh, bundles are, are designed is to okay. you know, give that flexibility as changes of our customers, yeah. um, uh, changing needs uh, from, from our customers. Jan van Merlin, you're taking that. Yeah, a couple of questions from my side. I mean, the, the, uh, as I said when we spoke uh, about this last time, these, these all-in-one bundles uh, really compete well against the other prepaid pricing in the market, um, even other aggressive special deals. So I'll see, uh, you know, in these price classes, uh, outshines its competitors. Now, the, the one question um, I've got is regarding how to get the deal. So at launch, the way to get these was you have to go into a shop and buy an all-in-one starter pack. Is that still how it works, or um, is there a different way to change onto the all-in-one price plan? So as, a, uh, as an existing Celsius customer, you can buy the all-in-one bundles, uh, you know, irrespective of whichever price plan you're on. So you can just buy the, you know, the the, the all-in-one, um, you know, bundles as as a top top-up bundle. Uh, so you buy airtime and you can convert or in certain um, retail as well as, uh, you know, banking channels. Some of these uh, bundles are already available for purchase. But if you are a new customer um, moving to South C, you will then need to get a South C starter pack, which is the all-in-one starter pack, and you can then top up. Um, any of the bundles as you as you as, as you so wish the the all in one starter pack is uh, what, what that does is 
again, for somebody who hasn't tried the product before, when you buy the, the all-in-one starter pack, all you need to do there is you recharge. Depending on the value of the recharge, we give you, call it a sample of how an all-in-one bundle looks like or feels like. So as you recharge, we'll give you a small all-in-one bundle, uh, depending on your recharge. We'll get some minutes and some data, uh, which will be valid for seven days, 14 days. And if you like the product, you can then go and purchase the additional bundles uh, you know, in, in, in any channel where you, you, where you purchase at time. Great. And, and then uh, there's, I want to talk about some of uh, the, the other deals on offer as well. Uh, to, to, um, and, and that'll also, I think, help people get a sense of, of the, the kind of variety that's on offer at the moment. So, Chelsea also fairly recently announced the Home Connector Flexi, um, which is also an incredible set of deals. Um, and uh, these are, these are uh, LTE-only deals, but, but we tested them in a smartphone and they work just fine. Um, is, is that sort of intended behavior or, or did we do something wrong there? Um, and, uh, you know, these Home Connector Flexi packages mm. are, are data only. Can, can you make calls on them or, or how do you see the Home Connector compared to, say, the all-in-one packages? So the, the Home Connector, the, the product is, uh, is, uh, the, the, is designed to be primarily um, for, 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 for data, uh, data only use. So they, they, it doesn't have, uh, you know, calling capability because primarily it should live in a, um, a modem, a MiFi, or as a, you know, in some of the devices that are dual SIM devices. Some customers put it on, on a second slot on the device to actually use that as a primary data, you know, usage SIM card. Um, but the key part is, um, because I did read your article, Jan, and that, that was quite interesting, is that you, you were expecting the product mm. to be fixed because some of our competitors are offering a fixed uh, offering. The product is an LTE product, not a fixed LTE product, mm. the, 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 um, the, the prepaid product that we offer, which means the product is designed to be mobile. So the customers, as we know, the normal usage is you're going to be having, um, you know, one meeting at home and so people who are working from home these days and you decide to go and have a, the next meeting at the coffee shop down the road we're saying you shouldn't worry about the fact that whether there is wi-fi at the coffee shop or not you can simply just take your small um you know wi-fi router with you and you're still able to use the you know the same you know the same application uh use the, the same data um you know bundle to you know to access uh the internet so the product yeah. is designed and what enables us to do this, I think it's quite key for me to just highlight yeah. is, uh, I think uh, as Zef did talk to um, you know, our CFO in, our, in the last interview about our new operating model. Yeah. When you look at how we, you know, we operate within our new operating model, we're as a wholesale purchaser of, uh, of, of, of capacity, we are able to then utilize our capacity quite effectively to be able to deliver to customers this mobile service, mm. which could... Uh, you know, in certain instances, as I said, uh, some of our competitors are only able to offer it as a fixed, fixed offering. So I think it just adds that additional value for our mm-hmm. customers to have that added on mobility yeah. in order for them to be able to, you know, yeah. to utilize, you know, the, you know, the data. You do get the extreme. As, uh, as what Jan mentioned, where you actually, maybe somebody is driving, they could actually, you know, continue to, you know, uh, use the, you know, use the data service on a, on a continuous basis as they move from point A to point B. 
Indeed. Now, so, yeah. so, so it's yeah. lesser, sorry to interrupt, Kino. It's, mm. it's home connector flexi necessarily, but everywhere connector, um, which is which yeah. is actually very, it's very, very cool. Um, I, uh, this conversation, Kino, is also quite timely because Selkie had its um, annual financial results yes. presentation yesterday. Correct. But um, I, I wanted, uh, I'll hand back to you and uh, if you've got more questions about products uh, and then maybe if there's no, 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 dude, let's, do the, let's do the financials. Why not? Go straight into it. I was just going to talk. The only question I was going to ask is, like, so if you're not spending all of that money, all that CapEx on, on infrastructure development and you deploy some of that into some of the savings that you present, um, you know, the, the, the question is, how sustainable is that? Because, you know, well, what, we, what we sometimes see is people coming up with great deals. And then <laughs> uh, they they start moving moving up again. But I but I but I imagine because it's you know pay as you go, um, that they would have to be kept on their toes if if, if that is going to be one of the key offerings. Yeah, it's it's a valid question, Kino, and, I, and I'd like to add to that um, because uh, we've seen um, all of South Africa's mobile network operators, um, Vodafone, Indian, Celsius, and I think even Telcom hike prices mid contract. When, when things have gone badly. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a good question regarding sustainability, you know, about uh, whether these, these prices are, are something people can look forward to for a long time to come yet. Absolutely. Uh, you, you wanted to ask about financials before we move on to the other tech stuff? I thought we should give him an uh, opportunity to answer. Mm. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, I think it's, a quite a, it's a very interesting point. Mm. I think what's key is that the... You know, the, the fact that we no longer have, uh, you know, going forward, the, the big uh, CapEx investment that yeah. comes with building, you know, the excess networks allows us to do quite a number of things. But one key one is that it's not about just saving. It's about actually focusing our capital investment in building what we call, uh, you know, the shift from the transition from being a, a telco to being a techco. So we still do have some certain levels of capex that we mm. will be investing in build in building uh, in a platform um, platforms that enables us to start integrating other services and other you yeah. know products that moves us into this digital space where we're actually able to give value to our customers how they can actually yeah. use give them more use cases to use data on our network. So it's not purely just a uh, a direct uh, ah. you know cost saving ah. and 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 also. What's also important is when, when you know... Uh, sorry, Sima, I'm going to ask you to just hold on our discussion with Simo. Simo, we were talking, I did mention, um, you know, the capital that you're saving. I mean, if you look at your, 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 your P&L, obviously there is going to be uh, quite hectic charges for roaming on other people's networks or using other people's networks, but that fades into comparison to the capital expenditure you save, um, the money that you would have thrown into playing catch-up, just would have been ridiculous. Then I was talking about... You know, using some of that money to bring some of the deals to people and how sustainable that would be. Um, and then, sorry, we have to cut you before news because we have to be on time for these things. <laughs> so, so to wrap up that particular point, and then I think Jan's got one more question. All right, so just to uh, quickly to wrap up. So as uh, I mentioned before we, we went into the news is that the key part is we are reinvesting certain uh, levels of capex into making sure that we uh, you know we build digital uh, platforms that enables us to deliver the digital experience at uh, mm. it makes us a transition from a telco to a much more tech techco type organization that focuses on digital services but also the, the fact that we no longer have the burden of uh, delivering 
a return on equity, uh, on return on capital, sorry, in, in terms of the capital invested to, uh, you know, to, 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 to build the network, we have uh, the opportunity to really, um, you know, be aggressive on, on pricing because really what we need to make sure is that within our operating model, we are, we are able to monetize the, cap, you know, the capacity that we have in yep. order to uh, deliver value to our customers. So it's mm-hmm. not just a direct uh, savings from a capex from a capex perspective. perspective okay no fair enough because uh, i mean if you you need to create the experience and i mean oh, people won't don't, don't just go there and use it because it's salty if you offer them great value they're going to come back and they're going to keep using it right um yes. let's just go to Jan. you had a you had a question around uh the financial sure. state yeah sure i i, I time we can talk about the financials in general but but one specific question um, I still have from a technical standpoint is that right now Celsius subscriber base is split with its postpaid contract customers on Vodacom roaming on on Vodacom and then uh, while Celsius is now building its virtual radio access network with mm. MTN so MTN is rolling that out just you know by way of background to, to all the listeners who might not be um, up to date with what's happening there. But essentially, you've got a split. Postpay on Vodacom and prepay will be on MTN. Um, and and uh, yesterday, um, the CEO told me that, uh, you know, there's no plans to bring the, the contract customers back onto CELC's virtual RAN. Um, I just wanted to clarify on that point. Um, is uh, the, the idea I had in my head was that CELC would eventually be buying wholesale from Vodacom and MTN, and then I, as a Celsius customer, would move on to whichever network is best for wherever I am. Is, is, is that not how it's going to work in the end? Um, is it going to be pretty much like it is now with, um, you know, one segment of the, of the customers roaming on Vodacom and the other segment of the customers using the MTN network? So the, your second uh, point is, is, is the correct one. So the, the plan is that the, the prepaid customers will be on uh, the virtual network, which is the MTN network, and the postpaid customers would be roaming on the, on the Vodacom network. I think what that does for us, it, uh, it, it allows us to, um, you know, to almost have a, uh, you know, the relationship across all the, uh, you know, the, the, the bigger networks, um, you know, in terms of uh, um, making sure that, we, you know, as we grow, we have, we have the ability to expand. We may need additional capacity in, in, in the future, and those discussions and negotiations could be held with other of the parties. But I think going forward, the plan is to keep the postpaid within the, um, the, the Vodacom side, and, uh, and, and, and we have uh, adequate capacity from the MTN side to, you know, to manage our prepaid as well as our LTE business, you know, within the, um, you know, within the, uh, you know, the MTN network. Great. Um, well, so Jan, we're going to have to wrap it there. Because you wanna, is there anything else you want to add quickly? No, no, thanks. You know, okay, uh, I, 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 anything else will take a lot of time. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, thanks, Jan. We'll set up uh, another discussion. Probably, I think, uh, you know, we can, we can discuss some of the matters uh, Absolutely. You know, in the plant here. Absolutely, Thank but yeah. uh, Simon McKeese, it's an absolute pleasure um, having you on the show, and thanks for availing yourself, man. It's uh, it's very difficult to, to 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 sometimes get companies that you know obviously performing and doing their thing, and they need to make their mark um, and and get their market share to to take the time to talk to us. So it's uh, really been good having you on the show. Always good to talking to you, Kinder. Thank you. Thanks so much, Simon McKeese, Chief Commercial Officer at Salsi. Not 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 bad in all, right? I mean, um, looks pretty decent, but uh, we'll see. I mean, time will obviously tell you.
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, uh, while, I mean, like, the, the amount of financial pressure that Southie is, is under right now um, is, is actually incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, they, they, they're putting up a, a valiant fight here, mm-hmm. and I wish them all the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, we'll, you know, success isn't guaranteed. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, whether or not they're able to, to turn the business around, mm. uh, we'll find out, you know, whether Absolutely. the strategy is the right one. And I guess we'll eventually find out the truth of this mm. Vodacom MTN split thing down the line. There's still a bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense to me there. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm sure that it'll all make sense in hindsight. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I just wish that they could tell me right now what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Well, now, listen, this fluorescent light bulb sales can be banned in South Africa. Just a quick one on that. Yeah, sure. So this is a new set of regulations that have come out. Um, uh, they're out for public comment right now until the end of the month. So uh, I encourage folks to just dig into that and, and uh, give comment if you want to. But mm. the bottom line is that... Um, these energy-saving compact fluorescent light bulbs—I mean, they're called any, they were called energy saver. There was this huge campaign to swap your incandescent lamps in your house with these CFLs because of how much more efficient they are. Mm. They, the, the, as the regulations are written now, they will be banned from being sold in South Africa for not being efficient enough. It's actually incredible to see how far <laughs> technology has improved. Um, but uh, the, the, this efficiency is is measured in lumens per watt, right? Yes. And so the regulation proposes to set the minimum efficiency level anti lumens per watt. It's called luminous efficiency. Mm-hmm. And these uh, energy savers, these fluorescent light bulbs, um, only perform um, between 55 and 70 lumens per watt or thereabouts. And so right now, like your, your, only, your only viable option would be mm-hmm. LEDs. Which which would perform at over ninety lumens per watt, and yeah. and this is just phase one. Phase two of these regulations would see that minimum threshold go up from ninety nine zero to one hundred and five lumens per watt, so even higher efficiency threshold. And it's it's actually, I mean, at face value, it's actually pretty encouraging to see um, this yeah. this aggressive uh, proposal. Um, regarding energy efficiency in South Africa. Hey, we need it. Um, and, and, and then, you know, the, 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 the other thing that I've been hearing from the industry is that this is kind of a, a side door to regulate the, the more harmful stuff that's mm. in uh, CFLs, which is mercury in particular. So there's apparently uh, quite a, a large global concern around the mercury content in fluorescent lamps yep. and uh, the, the disposal of fluorescent lamps. And so this would put a ban on fluorescent lamps without saying that mercury itself is illegal, without having to yep. go through the rigmarole of trying to regulate that. And so, yeah, I mean, if there's some kind of breakthrough in CFL technology that lets them you know, perform at over 90 lumens per watt, they could be sold again. Um, but as things stand now, uh, uh, energy saver light bulbs would not be sold because they're not energy efficient enough. Who would have thought? Uh, who would have thought? Absolutely. Jan Vermeulen, editor-at-large at mybroadband.ca.za. And we are talking, Dirk, with Jan Vermeulen, editor-at-large at mybroadband.co.za. So fluorescent light bulb sales can be banned in South Africa. At least they're pushing for efficiency, hey? Um, another story. Yeah, yeah, you were saying, Jan? No, that's just, yes. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, as, as it's, you know, a better reason than than you, you know you might expect is that yeah. you know they're pushing for 
uh, more energy efficient light bulbs, which is great mm. to see. No, oh, indeed, indeed. Now, Oracle has cut ESCOM off. What's yep. happening now? Uh, and uh, also fair to say that the MD of Oracle used to be the MD of Hitachi. I'm not right, saying, I'm right. not making any connections, I'm just saying. Right, and so the the situation there is, is interesting because ESCOM warned that there would be catastrophic consequences, but it's a typical media campaign, mm. you know, to, to, to try and pressure Oracle or to try and, you know, pressure, you know, the, the, the other party um, by, by trying to turn public opinion against them. But like, yeah, ESCOM warned that there would be catastrophic consequences if Oracle withdrew its support services. And now that it has, ESCOM's like, no, no worries. We've got... Um, you know, uh, internal teams who have been working with the software for more than 20 years, and they'll look after it. Um, and you know, we will go out on contract to to find the technique, uh, you know, the technical support that Oracle provided mm. from someone else. Um, and so you 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 kind of go, okay, but but where's the catastrophic consequences now? And uh, and you know, what, where, where's the truth of it? And so um, you know, the, it's difficult to know. Exactly where in between Escom's story and Oracle's story the truth lies, but but here's here's the facts of it, right? So Oracle said that Escom owes it in excess of seven billion rand for software yeah. they've used, and then Escom says no, we owe you 166 million, and then Oracle you know steadily came down and said okay, if you pay us 400 million, we'll go away. Hmm. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, but Oracle brought their price down from seven billion. Yeah, but how? Four hundred million. Like that is not a small amount of money. Like it is difficult for for us average human beings to wrap our head around that amount of money because it's it's just an incomprehensible amount of money. Yeah. But do the ratios right? Like take four hundred million, divide by one point six billion, and see what the percentage is there. It is it is just. Huge. It, the price has come down. And so you have to go, why was Oracle exactly. overcharging ESCOM so much? A, um, or what did ESCOM do that caused Oracle to overcharge it so much? Is this now another uh, level um, of, of trying to milk a state-owned enterprise? Or is this ESCOM trying to uh, get out of its legitimate commitments to a multinational? Like, um, you know, there, there's, so many, there's so many unresolved questions. And, and I think... You know, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B and, and uh, knowing exactly how much of each is, is unfortunately impossible at this stage. Um, but uh, it, it is interesting that ESCOM has flipped from saying this is going to be catastrophic to don't worry, we'll handle it internally and, and go out on an urgent procurement to get someone to replace Oracle. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's certainly a strange turn of events, but also not the first time I've heard a company burning itself badly on software licensing like this. Mm. Is, is, uh, is Neral Patel still the uh, managing director of Oracle? I don't know, uh, to be completely honest, and, and Oracle um, is not saying anything. Uh, Oracle has only said ESCOM should pay the pending dues for the Oracle software that they use. That's, yeah. that's all Oracle is saying. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, there's something fishy about that downward revision. Um, no one does that. And how do you explain that when you – I mean, surely well, they, they did their financial year ends and all the rest of it, and all of a sudden, oh, <laughs> look. A, a, story, a story that I'm working on right now, though it's, it's, not, it's not entirely related to this, but it is a premium uh, – uh, like a premium product, a premium piece of software, you know, simply. 
um, you know, incredibly niche industry computer design type stuff um, where an employee of a company was caught with a pirated version of the software on his laptop. And so the software company wanted to nail the, the, the company for who this person was working and say, your employee has this pirated software on his laptop. You owe us, you know, X hundred thousand rand. Uh, because they're timed licenses, right? You don't. It's not like Windows, which you buy one source, and 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 that's it. Like those days are over. It's all software as a service now, and and recurring annual licenses. And so uh, the the that claim uh, came down from several, mm. um, you know, several hundred thousand rand, if memory serves, to like around eighty thousand rand. It's like, okay, no, no, we'll give you, you know, after. Uh, some negotiation and the employee saying, listen, this isn't my company's fault. It is my fault. I did this for personal, my own personal reasons. I wanted to learn the software and your licenses are hellishly expensive. Um, they said, okay, okay, we'll, we'll bring it down to a mere 86,000 rand. And so these downward revisions do happen because these companies overcharge for their licenses. I'll be blunt. I mean, Oracle provides great software, great services. Mm. I'm, I'm sure world-class support, all that stuff. They will charge you whatever they think they can get away with. Yeah, and that is why there needs to be more competition in the market, as far as that's concerned. And 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 um, it's it's almost good. Uh, I want to say that Escom looks at the invoice and says, "No, we're not paying that." Um, you know, whether they're being entirely fair about it is is um, you know up for debate. And it's and I mean, it's unfortunate for both of them that it's spilled out in, into the public domain. Well. Um, I, I guess ESCOM's intention here was to drag Oracle's name through the mud. Um, uh, but the, 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 the thing is that, um, you know, the, 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 these software companies um, do unfortunately charge an arm and a leg for their stuff. And, you know, it's perhaps a lesson um, for everyone from government agencies through to private business um, mm. about uh, being careful about uh, who you use, and not that Oracle is a bad decision, but that whoever Escom was using as a middleman, um, you know, you, you might you might want to think twice, um, and rather go with a company that uh, will ensure that your licensing is as efficient as possible. Because there's like this, this whole arbitrage system that is actually built up around how how licensing for these premium software packages work, so that you know, you don't get overcharged on it. And you see the same thing happening on mm. Amazon Web Services, mm. where a silly mistake by a developer can, can rack up just hundreds of thousands of rand worth of server usage time yeah. if you're not careful. And so it's not just Oracle, um, and, and uh, Oracle must also not just think that they're the only ones being picked on. It's just, you know, in this case, it's ESCOM picking on them, obviously, mm. um, as much as ESCOM can pick on a multi-billion dollar <laughs> like, <laughs> <a massive laughs> multinational. Um, but you see this across the software industry um, where you can, you can burn yourself badly if you're not careful in how you handle uh, usage-based licenses. Absolutely. And, uh, and so I, I wonder if that isn't what happened here. That that whoever Escom was using made a silly mistake in in some automated system, and that racked up just 
you know, hundreds of millions yeah. of rands worth of license usage. That uh, I think there's a lot to be said for simplifying things. Um, you know, right. we, we deal with the AI side of things and people are charging huge licensing fees to get them to use their models, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and charging per camera and per this. And you look at this and you go, what the heck? Why? Yeah. I mean, surely yeah. there's a easier, more effective way of actually making sure that there's some real shared value between yourselves and and yeah it's it's, it's an interesting time in in software in general Mm. you know trying to build um so so how the business models used to work is that you would buy a new version of the software Mm. every you know x years two three four five years whatever the release cycle was but that turned out to be not that sustainable yeah um because what ends up happening is that the company wants to now take five years to re-architect the software from the ground up. But it's incentivized to release every year because that's the way it generates revenue. Yes. It has to release a new version every year. And so you almost end up in a situation where you hold back features mm. so that you can release them on a trickle um, every year and get people to buy new versions of the software. Otherwise, your company collapses. And so now, you know, that we, we we're able to move to this uh, software as a service thing, which I also don't necessarily like, um, you know, but I mean, you have to you have to choose your your poison Absolutely. here. Right. So and so, uh, yeah, you see things like uh, Adobe Cloud, for example, oh, trying to offer shared value, you know, by having a cloud service tacked on to their um, existing premium creative products, their creative suite products. Um and, you know, the, the, that the value there is debatable. But um, being able to pay for Adobe Premiere or Photoshop mm. um, on a monthly basis rather than having to put down, you know, thousands of rands for a license every time they release a new version, some people prefer that. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to say one model or the other is better. But, uh, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. There's got to be – surely there's got to be another way. Anyway, listen, Jan, great chatting to you as always. It was a marathon tech talk. What the heck? <laughs> I always enjoy chatting to you. Jan Vermeulen, editor at large at mybroadband.co.za.